This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Hour number two, we roll along here on the BetQL Network with Trista on the sports machine, Sean Levine. In just a second, we're going to welcome on Dan Pavali, and we're going to talk some NBA. But I was thinking about your Billy Bob Thornton take there over the break. He's got to be awesome. I mean... He looks like a guy that I see all the time. I drive through a city called Olathe, Kansas, and there's the same dude on the corner smoking a cigarette outside the quick trip. I see him every single Tuesday when I'm there. He looks just like that guy. His name is Billy Bob. Like this dude, Billy Bob Thornton, he must be the greatest actor of all time. He had Angelina Jolie, bro, wearing her own Yo, blood and his blood mixed into a vial. Ron, that's you that's are, his excellent. He is <laughs> You're right. Maybe, maybe, maybe he is the greatest actor of all time. We'll get back into it because we're going to go into Horvat U coming up in a little while with Professor Levine and Professor Crick. So don't get worried. Don't worry about that. We'll get back in the greatest actor of all time. I've got some thoughts, but let's talk some hoop with Dan Favali from Bleacher Report and Hardwood Knox. Um, a team that I'm always struggling when I make my bets to think, could this team actually win it all? is the Phoenix Suns, right? On paper, there's no reason they can't, and I think I'm over the season on that team. What say you about Kevin Durant's latest squad? Are they good? Are they okay? Can they actually win it all? They, they're they really good when they're at full strength, which they have yet to be this season, basically. And I think the key for them is going to be, one, are those three guys healthy at the same time? Because that solves a lot of their offensive issues organically but then two what happens when you're starting to mix and match outside of your top five guys and i have concerns about how the playoff defense specifically will hold up they've been okay with nurk on the floor this year but you got to fill minutes elsewhere and and nurkic also isn't what i would call a matchup proof center defensively in the playoffs and so i think if they can get some sort of a more mobile or athletic backup big at the deadline you feel a lot better about them if they're healthy, but that is such a big if at this point, given the myriad of health issues that Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant specifically have dealt with over the past half decade. It finally happened. We've been waiting. It's been like him and John Collins have been on the trade block for just years now, it feels like, Dan. The OG and Anobi saga is finally over. I think a lot of people thought there was going to be multiple firsts involved. We didn't get even one first, two young players. I think it's awesome for the Knicks, personally. I think it solves a lot of problems. Obviously, the depth goes down. But how much do you think that OG to the Knicks changes the landscape of the East? I think it changes the bottom of that playoff picture a lot. When you're looking at those top six seeds of teams that want to avoid the play-in, and you have Cleveland, you have Miami, 
and now you have New York, and there's going to be a, you know another squad in there. Um, let's say the Pacers right now, or it's going to be Orlando. That really ups the stakes because you just want to avoid the play-in. And having OG, they did create another void with their shot creation and maybe some three-point volume, losing IQ. But he is exactly the archetype of player the Knicks needed. And so you have to feel better if they're healthy about their playoff stock. And so if you're, you know, we know the Heat won't do anything. They dance to the beat of their own drum. But if you're sort of the magic, if you're Cleveland dealing with all those injuries, and if you're Indiana, which is sort of, they're up and coming, but they're ready now because of Tyrese Halliburton. That has to be in the back of your mind leading into the trade deadline, if not at the four of it. And the Pacers specifically were a team that really wanted OG Ananobi. And to see him go to a team that you're competing for one of those final three non-playing spots with is a pretty big deal. And so I think that that is where it changes it most. I still don't think it brings the Knicks anywhere near touching Philly, Boston, or Milwaukee, though. Right now, Real quick follow-up about... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Sean. Philly's I put that in the, the chat. I was, just... was going to say, Trish, does Philly's beating the brakes off the Bulls. It's all you. Sorry, sorry. I was just going to ask really about what Indiana does now because I was talking to some people. They think that Tyrese Halliburton needs another star alongside with them. Is that OG? Probably not. Pascal is being shopped for pennies on the dollar. I don't know what's happening there. Like, who is that player now that the Indiana goes after? I honestly don't know. I will say I don't think that player is – readily available right now it's where if the name comes out close to the deadline or they just trade for him where we didn't really hear uh, a whisper pascal siaka makes some sense especially when you look at what he can do for the pacers when tyrese halliburton is off the floor but his shooting alongside tyrese halliburton that's iffy and then do you want to take the ball out of halliburton's hands anymore when he's actually on the floor probably not they really probably could use and we'll have to monitor what's going to go on with Brooklyn specifically, but like Mikhail Bridges might be the name now I would circle for them. Gives you a little creation, a lot of defense, very plug and play. Probably not the best star to have if you want to worry about the minutes Halliburton isn't on the court. But when we're talking about the most important games of the season in the playoffs, Tyrese Halliburton is going to be on the court. And so find a star that complements his minutes first and foremost. And I just think a name we're going to hear more about leading into February 8th is Mikael Bridges. Pascal Siakam has been my cash cow when it comes to same game parlays. And recently, he's had some big nights. In fact, I had him going for 30 uh, last night, and he went off and paid me a little bit. Trista Crick, Sports Machine, Sean Levine, talking some hoop with Dan Favalli, a Bleacher Report, and Hardwood Knox here on BetMGM tonight. Uh, the big game tonight in the association, Celtics laying three and a half on the road at the OKC Thunder. What do you think about tonight's game? And what do you think about the Thunder? Are they already here? I'm so excited about tonight's game. When uh, you guys had reached out to come on, I asked if we could do the 8 o'clock spot so I'd be able to take in as much of that game without interruption as possible. Uh, It is a big measuring stick, I think, for OKC because I tend to believe that they're there. Um, Minnesota has the best record in the West. I trust OKC as a playoff team more with the structure of their offense. Right now, they do feel like they need some heft or athleticism up front to pair with Chet Holmgren, or maybe even just another high-volume shooter, someone like Isaiah Joe, who's going to play higher leverage minutes than Isaiah Joe. And they have the assets to go get him. They're just not a franchise that does that. And so I find myself evaluating this team as currently constructed. And right now, I don't feel great about their offense when their best players are on the court. And so they feel like a team that can win one playoff series, maybe two, if things break right. But they're also, I think, the quintessential team that is one player away from being a caps lock contender. And that player doesn't need to be a star, but if it's just someone who cracks the top seven 
of their rotation, I think that changes the complexion of the championship pitcher a great deal. Who would that player be? Because I look at guys like Lou Dort, who I really like, Josh Giddy. Those two feel like not expendable pieces, but maybe redundant pieces or guys that could be trade chips for a role player. Is that like somebody like Bruce Brown or like a KCP? I know you're not going to get KCP, but somebody in that ilk or like what kind of archetype of player is that? Yeah, you know, you mentioned KCP, that's interesting. And so it's just like a complete role player would really do the trick for them. Um, I think Josh Giddy is way more expendable to them than Lou Dort, but I agree with you that in the playoffs, teams aren't going to guard Lou Dort. They're not going to guard Josh Giddy at this point either. So that's something to consider. Um, I don't know the role player right now in the market that would necessarily put them over the top, but the name that they've started to be linked to, and it would cost them quite a few assets, would be a Lowry Marketing in Utah. And so kind of like that dude is closer to a star than not, but he's not this top 20 player. You add him, his rebounding, his floor spacing, his ability to just fit inside any lineup combination. And, you know, let's just say you replace Giddy with Larry Markkinen in their best five man unit. That OKC team might then have the, one of the two best five man units in basketball. And so I'd like to see them make that type of swing or even, I don't hate them looking at a Siakam. I don't even hate them looking at DeJounte Murray, where if you just replace Giddy with DeJounte Murray, you're a much better basketball team. I don't think they're going to ultimately aim that high. And so it has me wondering, like, you know, can they look at a Simone Fontecchio who's been really shooting well for, for Utah this year? Just someone like that. Or can they go out and get a big? Is it an Xavier Tillman? Do they look at Daniel Gafford in, in Washington? I don't think that would necessarily nudge up their championship odds a ton, but I do think it would make them deeper and a little bit scarier against top-level competition in the postseason. Ah, Laurie Markkinen, my anti-Pascal Siakam. Every time I bet on that dude, I think he's averaged 12.5 points a game the three times I've bet on him this year. Three times, you're out, dude. And you're right. If he gets traded there, it'd be a really nice piece, but I'm still not betting on you no matter what jersey you wear, my guy. Trace <laughs> a trick, just a trick, and me, the sports machine, talking some hoops here on the BetQL Network. The Spurs play tonight, plus 11.5 on the road at the Grizzlies. What do you make of Victor Wembanyama's rookie year so far? Did you think he was going to be this good? Did you think he'd be a little bit better? What say you about him? By the way, he's not the favorite at BetMGM to be the MVP. That's Chet Holmgren. Or to be the rookie of the year, that's Chet Holmgren. And I would agree. There's At this point, it's going to take a complete about face from both Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama, I think, to change those odds. I've been incredibly impressed with Wemby on defense, where I believe he's really already generational, especially since they've kind of made him just the de facto big, and they're not playing with Zach Collins from the jump as much. Where I've been disappointed, and not so much in him, but with the Spurs, is let's figure out a way to put him in an optimized role on offense. And you have refused to start Trey Jones for whatever reason. I can't explain it. Go out and just get a floor general who can get him the ball closer to the basket so we can weed out even more of these 14 to 20 foot two-pointers or tasking him with too much self-creation. I'm a big believer in self-discovery when players are young and teams don't care about winning, but the Spurs are kind of veering too far away towards sensibility where they see it's not working over and over again. They see he's more efficient with Trey Jones over and over again, and yet they're not headed in that direction at all. And so I really would like to see them pick up, even if it's a stopgap point guard, just to streamline what they're doing with Wembenyama on the offensive end. Yeah, I wonder if Tyus Jones, you talk about Trey Jones, but Tyus Jones, it feels like he could be gettable on the Wizards. They've got a bunch of guards, players that need developing, and that kind of feels like an odd place for him to be. Uh, Dan, why are the Lakers so mediocre? 
They're, because they built a mediocre basketball team. I mean, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are spectacular, but I just can't get over ever since the championship year. They saw the model work, surround those dudes with as much shooting as possible, and they just don't do it. Season in, season out, they're trying to get you to trump it up. Rui Hachimura, because of what he did in the playoffs, and he guarded Nikola Jokic good for like half a possession or whatever it was. I just don't understand the team-building philosophy there. And you're coming off a Western Conference Finals appearance where you had the ability to build off it. I did like the Gabe Vincent addition. He's been injured. You couldn't necessarily have predicted that. But when you're going after taking flyers on guys like Cam Reddish, or Jackson Hayes, you need to be taking flyers on more guys like Torian Prince, who can shoot in volume and fairly efficiently around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, they've just thus far refused to do that. They want to prioritize guys who can make plays with the ball. And if you get those guys, make sure that they can hit jumpers off the dribble or off the catch, which is why I think that they should be in on the Zach Levine sweepstakes if he's going to be available. They need that type of infusion on the offensive end, and they've just they've punted on it every year since 2020 without fail. I don't understand it. More Levines, the better. I've always said that. More Levines we can get, there's a chance we win a championship. We're talking with Dan Favalli here on the BetQL Network, Krista Crick and uh, <laughs> sports machine Sean Levine, as it is. Um, let's keep talking about, I guess I was going to say, let's go back to that Oklahoma City and the Celtics game real quick because the Celtics right now are the favorite to win the championship. Do you think that it's them and everybody else, or do you think that anybody's on their heels right now? I don't even know if I have the Celtics in my just first tier as like that top team. I think they're there when you mention the top three or four contenders, but I have Denver in a class of its own still. I just need to see when they've had their best players available, what Jokic has been able to do in some big matchups. Um, just with their top six, even seven guys, Reggie Jackson's given them some good minutes. I just, I need to see someone beat them to believe it. I think they are the closest thing we have to a great dominant team right now. And even after that, I might like Minnesota, OKC, maybe even Milwaukee a little bit better than the Celtics, who just can't seem, their offense is super efficient, but they can't seem to get out of their own way sometimes in crunch time. The ball sticks, there's no rim pressure, they're making bad decisions. I'm starting to get a little bit concerned with Jason Tatum's one of the best drivers in basketball now, and him getting to the rim isn't as much of an issue. But his off-the-dribble three-pointer and jump shot has just not been as efficient over the past two years as we've been used to. That's a playoff crutch for them, and something that we really need to monitor. And there's a chance that, like, you know, Christos Porzingis, Derek White, they've been their most efficient, maybe, you know, second and third most impactful players. That's great. It just feels like they're missing something, someone, or just a Jason Tatum efficient breakout. And so they definitely belong towards the top, but I do find the discourse around, and it's it's been mentioned time and again across all these other platforms, that it's the Celtics and kind of everybody else. And I just, to me, they're kind of looped in with all the other contenders beneath Denver. That is the team in Denver that still just stands out above everyone else to me. Let him know, Dan. Let him know. Still on Denver. He loves Denver. I love Denver, too. How can you not? That's Dan Favalli from Bleacher Report and Hardwood Knox joining us here on the BetQL Network. Great stuff, as always, my guy. And that is a sweet setup you have, by the way. Thank you guys so much, and thank you for having me, as always. I'll talk to you soon. You got it. Trista, are you off the Celtics? Oh, I've always been off the Celtics. I mean, that was exactly how I feel about this team. They're done. They're dead, huh? They're also the favorite right now at BetMGM to win it. I don't see what you guys are talking about. Once the playoffs come around, that team gets right, and that's where I want my money. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. We can debate more coming up next. People are dumb. Yeah, they are. are We're going to put on our professor caps and see if we're dumb or not. That is Professor Crick. I'm Professor Levine. 
We'll talk to you next in Horvat U right here on the BetQL Network. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL. Second down and ten. They're in field goal range. Pressure. He stepped away from it. Fires, and it is caught on the deflection. Jalen Pope, the touchdown off the hands of Malik Muhammad. You know, you just got to move on when uh, tough breaks come your way, and we talk about it all the time, and and not letting negative thoughts, you know, get in your head. And so uh, I'm just really proud of the way the guys, you know, are out there just battling, focused on the next play, being in the moment, and uh, playing and not having any regrets. We're back, back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back into the show with Tristan Crick on the sports machine, Sean Levine. That your college football national championship, as you just heard the highlights there, Michigan versus Washington. We will break it down and give you our best bets in just a couple of minutes when we step into Horvat U with Professor Crick. I am Professor Levine. But before we get too deep into this, Trista, Saving Private Ryan, Forrest Gump, Castaway, Apollo 13, big for those old-timers. I mean, there's just a league of their own if you want to talk about sports movies. What are we doing? Tom Hanks is easily the best actor of this generation. I bet you Tom Hanks thinks Billy Bob Thornton is a better actor than him. (laughs) It's tough. It's very tough to do what Bob does. He he plays... Tom Hanks is kind of like, okay... He's doing a good job of normal, of acting as a normal person. What Billy Bob is and does and how he plays those these roles, they're not roles that anyone can just step into. You are you have to almost live it and be it and it's very scary, but it's impeccable. Well, then you're going to be upset when I tell you he's not even the best Bob. De Niro? Hello? This thing on? Yeah, but he's he. What's the most non like mobster movie he did with the intern? Like that's that's where we're going with it. I don't know. He's I like just, him with Meet the Parents. Kind of I thought he was kind of funny. What was the intern? I he wouldn't meet the parents, but you're right. He's he's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's what he does. He's a yeah. He's a he's a typecast. That's what I think about Denzel too. Like Denzel has some incredible non typecast roles right like he was uh incredible as malcolm x uh there's a lot of those like side ones but we all know him for like man on fire right that's what we know him as he's incredible philadelphia tom hanks and denzel in philadelphia but in terms of like crazy there's just nothing i've seen billy bob now for five straight seasons of tv and maybe it's movie versus tv too but this is like riveting. Can't take my eye off of it. You know it's good when you're like, wow, he killed this scene. This is just an incredible scene. He's great. He's just, he's no Pacino, Anthony Hopkins. I think he's better DiCaprio. than Pacino. I mean, I think he's better than Pacino. Do you? There's this okay. scene. I'm going to spoil, I'm going to spoil this. There's this scene in Fargo where, where Billy Bob has gone undercover. 
as a dentist. And by the way, you know this whole time, because it's like episode eight out of 10, you know this whole time he's an, a psychopath, right? And all of a sudden he, you drop him in and he's a dentist in Kansas City, right there in Kansas okay. City, Missouri. Okay. And he's making jokes. He's got a, a fiance. He's basically gone deep cover to try to find like the head of this syndicate. And then he gets recognized in the elevator and he tries to pretend that it's not him. He's like completely changed his look. And then he looks at the guy who keeps pressing him. The guy from uh, Marvel, I forget this guy's name. He's like the other main character. And he looks at him and he goes, do you want to do this right now? You wanna do this right now? And he looks and you're like, oh my God, that means everyone's dead if he says yes to this. Yo, I was intimidated were. the way you stared at me when you said those words. Are you? And do I mean, everything want... comes back to Kansas City. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Maybe a parade later on. Super Bowl parade. Are the Chiefs it. dead? Are the Chiefs dead? The we'll Chiefs talk about are, that later on. The, the we'll Chiefs talk, are dead. They're talk, dead. Are they dead? Are they? We'll we'll talk plenty of uh, NFL a little bit later on in the show. But right now, it's time to get into Horvat. You. Time to paint the face and listen up. Class is in session at Horvat U. That is Professor Crick. I am Professor Levine. Welcome into the university. Hey, do you think I look like Denzel? Be honest with me. I get mistaken a few times. Not at all. Not at all. Let's talk some college football. It feels like you and I are actually in agreement on one thing, which is Washington is legit. Washington is getting too many points right now at BetMGM, kind of going back and forth between three and a half and four. I don't need your stinking points. I think Washington wins this game outright. I need the points. I do. I think Michigan was the best team in the country all year. But, man, if you let Michael Penix live and that O-line holds up, there's a reason that the total is 54. It's, and it's not because of J.J. McCarthy. It's because of Michael Penix. These boys are legit. And I know that a lot of people are telling me, okay, we think Michigan's going to try to grind down Washington, just these eight, nine-minute drives, Blake Corum. But if you look at what they've done in the past, they score fast, Michigan. Blake Corum is ripping off like seven yards per carry. We saw this yesterday. How fast did they go out and score in, in what was it, the second possession of the game? It was like 7-7, seven, seven, just like that. That's the thing is, whose style is going to win out if you're betting the number, the over-under? It's tricky. Obviously, one team likes to score in Washington. If they have it their way, they'll put up a 70 spot. Michigan can beat you in the 20s. And let's just call it what it is, Trista. Michigan's offense yesterday didn't look great until they had to. They were clutch when they needed to be. J.J. McCarthy drove his team down the field, won in overtime. He did what he was supposed to to move on. But it feels kind of, that's what Michigan is. Like it feels to me they're they're a really good football team, but they kind of just get by and keep moving on. Yeah, that's I think exactly what they are. A very generic, very fundamentally sound, a team that's about as big ten as it comes. In, incredible right. at at stopping runners in between the tackles. Like the the, the problem that Jalen Milrow in Alabama had is when Jalen Milrow ran out and skeet skirted for a first down that they didn't go back to it why are you running in between the tackles on michigan that makes 
no damn sense. And what did they do? They got stopped right away, and they had to try to make some silly little throw, and they're losing time. And it's like, hey, you're on the 11. Run with Milrow again. What do you think about, and we'll get into these props here in just a second, is this it if Michigan wins, Jim Harbaugh rides off into the sunset, maybe takes a year off, then back into the NFL, or you think no matter what, he's still the Michigan head coach? I think he doesn't leave. I, I don't know why he would leave based on what just, I guess, brotherly competition to wanting to coach Justin Herbert or live in Las Vegas. I don't get, or maybe go to Chicago and coach Justin Fields. I don't think Honestly, any of those situations everything you are, said. Everything you said yeah. sounds like a perfect fit for Jim Harbaugh. Like when you said the Chargers, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe he does want to go back to Cali. Even the Bears, where he played for a while, every one of those. And Michigan pays him a lot. Let's say one of those NFL teams goes, whatever Michigan's offering you, we'll double it. We'll give you 100% more than you're making right now. So I don't know if it's about the money, but if it is, I think if he wins the national championship, then he's gone, or at least the conversation begins. Remember, he came back a while ago. It's been messy. He got suspended about the beginning and the end of this season. I feel like he's not loving life right now, maybe the way that he was as the Michigan head coach four or five years ago. If he goes out with a national championship, he's a legend. Go coach the Bears, dude. Well, I think the issue for me, if I'm him, is like, what is the job security really in the NFL? No one has it. Not even the best coaches have it, right? You can win coach of the year and get fired. You, you've got guys like Mike Tomlin, one of the winningest coaches in NFL history, takes his team to the playoffs no matter how bad or good that roster is, and they are calling for his head in Pittsburgh. So if I'm, if I'm Harbaugh, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I could get double the amount of money in Chicago, but what happens if – they don't give me the O-line that I need to make Justin Fields succeed or the D-line, right? Or they don't build up the secondary or they don't draft well. Am I gone in three years looking for another job? Is Michigan going to be there for me when I come back? Probably not. You saw what happened with Nick Saban in Miami, right? He's in, he's out, he goes back to college and he realizes he had job security and mythical godlike status for Harbaugh at his alma mater feels better to me. And that's why you're my favorite professor. That is Professor Craig. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Call me whatever you want. Um, Pittsburgh, real quick, because you're talking about them. You talk about job security. You know the Steelers only had three head coaches since 1969? It's like the craziest thing of all time. That's, that's good job security right there. And you tell me. I think Mike Tomlin's done a great job. The conversation of firing him is insane. If we started listing, and this is even when he had Kenny Pickett, and he's been in the news, so we'll get deeper into him, deeper in the show, but he's got to be the worst starting quarterback, or at least like number 29, 30 in the entire NFL. They give this guy crap to work with. Offense, I'd say they're average at best when it comes to weapons, and they got T.J. Watt. The fact that he can even have a team in the conversation the last week of the season to be in the postseason, they should build a statue for that guy. Oh, yeah. I think in general, this is one of the most impressive seasons that Mike Tomlin has had. Imagine if Mike Tomlin coached the Chargers. They'd have 10, 11 wins right now. Every year. Every year. And they really would build a statue for him. They might name the damn stadium after him. 
That's a curious thing, though. There's a lot of jobs that are good ones that are coming up. You just mentioned, Trista, the Vegas gig and the Chargers gig. Now, those two jobs both have one thing in common, Patrick Mahomes. you got to figure out a way to beat him, and the Chiefs have won the division now eight years in a row. If it's all the same and the money's the same and all that stuff, which job do you think is better? I guess the Chargers because they got Herbert. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the Chargers, in, unless they are, I guess, sports-wise on an Indian burial ground. Because I feel like, to a degree, the Chargers, no matter what can go wrong injury-wise, it always does, right? You've got issues with Keenan Allen one year. This is the healthiest Keenan Allen's been his entire career, probably. Mike Williams, oh yeah, he's out for the year. You've got Quentin Johnston. He doesn't perform as a rookie the way that you hope that he was. Like Austin Eckler, he's banged up. He doesn't look like himself. Justin Herbert, he's gotten injured now two years in a row. I don't know what's going on there, but it's like how it was with the Ravens in their running back room. How many years now with the Ravens can you just go ahead and slot that they're starting running back is not going to be there in like week three or week four. That's like a real issue. Vegas is just a fun time. I think that's just a challenge. My friend who's a a Raider fan, he says, well, what about the fact that the autumn wind is a Raider and Harbaugh, his vibe is a Raider. Maybe you like the challenge of taking over like a terrible team and finding somebody for Devontae Adams to coexist with and you got Max Crosby there. But for me, it's probably the Chargers just because they're so loaded couple of things one i ain't ever drafting jk dobbins on a fantasy football team again two years in a row fooled me i'm like yeah fourth round sounds good i think he's gonna go off this year and then he's there for five minutes and he gets hurt aaron Rodgers style i'm off second of all you talk about the stank that is on the chargers organization really even coming with them from san diego let's not pretend just uh, like it hasn't been kind of smelly since the raiders went to las vegas there's been all kinds of stuff go wrong not a lot go right what are they on now quarterback number six coach number four i'm exaggerating a little bit but barely if you're kind of going well which job is better where do i have a better chance to win i think the answer is neither right yeah i don't think either one is ideal and you know Eberflus is coming back for another year in 2024 so that job's not available if you're Harbaugh. It's it's not that great out there. Is Sala keeping his job? I mean, I guess if Aaron Rodgers wants him he to is. keep He'll his be job, back, yeah. he will. But that's it. There's not that many great situations with job open openings out there. And the Michigan gig is a good one. I'm just saying, he went there to win the national championship. It hasn't been easy. They've gotten close. He's taken a lot of crap. Like, for whatever reason, the NCAA hates that guy. He's got pictures of somebody. Something happened there because the NCAA, at the beginning of the year, they were like, you got to go away for a few games. At the end of the year, they tried to do it again, make him go away for a few games. They just kept winning. They hate this guy. They hate this team. He definitely puts up double middle fingers to the NCAA if Michigan can win one more game and win the national championship. So it sounds like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, you're taking the points with Washington but think Michigan wins the game? Yeah, I like that. I also like that Jalen Polk receiving yards prop at 55 and a half. That came home literally a minute in the last game. Polk's the man. You know who's the man? Penix Jr., his over-under for passing yards in the last game was 309 and a half. All he threw for was, wait for it, 430. We had that thing taken care of damn near by halftime when my guy had 280. 
I love Penix Jr. That's Tristan Crick. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. It is a Tuesday. Coming up next, we bring on producer Scott, and it's a Tell Me a Tale Tuesday right here on BetMGM. We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. We're back with BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. He was the voice of Woody also, Tom Hanks, and then I'll just leave it there. Best actor of our generation. Just saying. That's Trista Crick. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we're going to welcome on producer Scott and uh, do a little... He's, he's, so, he's so detailed on this. Tell me a tale Tuesday. Scott, there, are you happy? I think I got it right for you. Tell me a tale Tuesday coming up here in just a second. Um, first, maybe you can help me out, though, Trista. Like, I got a tale for you. So, I... This is right before Christmas. It would have been a few days before. <laughs> I went on a date, third date with this girl. And the okay. bill came. Well, the bill came. It was a pretty nice restaurant. And she pulls out an envelope. And I'm thinking, what is this all about? And hands it to me. And it says, Merry Christmas. So she, it was obviously a present. She got me something. It was the third time we went out. And it was KU tickets to a game that I want to go to. So I'm like, wow, she cares. She got me something cool. We're going to go together, all that. Uh-oh, dude, you didn't get her anything. So I panicked. And I'm just curious what you think I should have done in this situation. I bought dinner like a gentleman and all that. But you know what I did? This is embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you. I got to take a deep breath before this. I gave her, because I've been clowned on this, everybody I've talked to. I gave her the cash in my wallet, Trista. I gave her $72 in cash. Oh, my God. Listen, hear me out real quick. My only other option that I thought about was I had a gift card, but it didn't make any sense what the gift card was to. It was somewhere out of town. And I think it had my name on the back. And I thought about pulling the waiter aside and getting her a gift card to the restaurant, but that was going to be too obvious. So I just gave her the cash, and she looked at me like you're looking at me now. You should have pulled the whole, the thing I bought you was going to be here, and it's not going to be be here i'm so sorry yeah i panicked yeah i panicked didn't i yeah you you should not have done that that was no that was so bad how did the rest of the date go did she is she going with you to the ku game or has things that's the thing the text messages haven't been quite as frequent since the since the cash exchanged hands we definitely haven't been as uh if I'm wrong, I'm thinking, does Sean Levine, the sports machine, think I am a hooker? Like what is it, happening right now when he dumped out his wallet for me? I my choice look, I didn't give her the change also in my back pocket. I thought about giving her seventy two dollars and thirty eight cents. I kept the change only because I needed it for the toll. I'm a bum. I need you around more. Um it is what it is. Here, take <laughs> Yeah, we haven't we, we 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 have not spoke. Now that you mention it, we haven't actually talked since then. It's been text. Me- that relationship's over, isn't it? All right, it's oh. over. You should tell her. You should tell her I'm dumb. I'm a big goof. I didn't want to not reciprocate, and 
I just didn't want to move too fast. Give her the whole, I don't want to move too fast line. Like I've been hurt before. Don't hurt me. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? Scott, can you just send me this clip? Anyway, you could do that. And I could just like email her or send it as a text and just say, see, I tried. Can we do that? Dylan's Dylan's all over it. I'm sure they can send you the clip. Absolutely. My dude. My dude. All right, Scott, uh, why I got you behind the microphone. Tell me some tales, my guy. I, I'm actually more interested in, in Trista telling you more tales about your dinner date where a woman hands you an envelope. First, I thought, T, that we were going like some Sopranos-level stuff, like from her so garbage route that so she had I. a collection. And, and, and Sean was going to open up the envelope and go, it's a little light. <laughs> and he was going to throw it back at her. I'm like, what? what is happening here? No, no, no. I screwed that one up. But uh, we move on. But no, but you're here to apologize. Now we're going to make the clip really good. You've lessened learned, and you can't wait to talk to this special person again. And a hearty thank you for the KU tickets. You know what? Cut, it, cut out before I say this part, Dylan. I don't even care at this point, Trista. At this point, we're not meant to be together. Cut this part out, Dylan, by the way, because I'm going to try. But if, if she's so shallow that she can't take my $72 cash and reciprocation as a gift, then she's not the one I want to be with. Oh, I don't think this is the route you want to go. I think uh, three dates is early for the Christmas That's what I'm present. Saying. I say that. But it's I can't very complain. Early. They give me KU tickets. I'm not Super that. Super nice of her to do. Very nice. I would be more on the end of what you did, but if I, if the thing that you did, you should have just done nothing at all and just been like, "Oh yeah. my god, that's so incredibly generous." The thing that I got you, I can't wait to give it to you. But you know how Amazon be. They tell you that they you can get it here before Christmas, and now it's saying January 11th. Can you believe it? And then you find something vintage and beautiful and cool, and you wrap that baby up, and then you give it to her on January 12th. I need to keep you on retainer. Next time I'm about to screw something up with a girl, I need to be like, oh, Trista, what do you think the move is? And you'll be like, don't give her cash. But now I know. Now I know. All right, Scott. What do we got? Tell me some tales on a Tuesday. What we like to say is this was uh, one of those segments that we developed on the fly. It's uh, Change My Mind Monday. And um, would you rather Wednesday's more funny cousin? So we'll give it a whirl. All right. Michael Penix Jr., Tris, to start with you, could go number one overall. Offshore found a, uh, a NFL draft for the coming draft. Caleb Williams, minus 425. Drake May, plus 300. Marvin Harrison Jr., 10 to 1. Jaden Daniels, 25 to 1. And Penix is 30 to 1, plus 3,000 right now. Tell me a tale on a Tuesday. Penix is going number one overall. He was ridiculous. This is how it happens. This, this is how it happens. The folklore has already begun. We can already know. I texted PJ and I said, man, did Penix look good against a decent defense on a national stage when everyone was off work. Oh, my goodness, putting up 400 yards and change. He looks like he's ready for the next level. And PJ said, yeah, he has solidified himself to the for the first round for sure. But if he goes out there and ends up blowing away one of the best defenses in all of college football and puts a stank on it and puts, puts that 
long, deep ball on things all night long and crushes Michigan by his offense, yeah. I mean, he'll be definitely top five. And in the conversation, you know, Pro Day, the S2. And we saw what happened. All of a sudden, C.J. Stroud's no longer number one overall pick. People, the thing that we forget is everything that we know right now is probably true, right? When we saw C.J. Stroud, we saw that. He's very good. And then you get away from college football and everything changes. They get into their underwear. They run fast. They lift weights. And they talk to folks. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, maybe, maybe it's actually Michael Penix that should be the number one pick and not Drake May or, or Caleb. Like you say, he was putting some stank on that ball last night, Penix Jr. Tossed for, what, 430 yards, takes his team to the national championship. But with all due respect, Scott, that's, that's crazier than giving somebody $72 cash for Christmas, dude. <laughs> Caleb Boyd's going to be the number one overall pick. That's why he's been the number one overall pick now in most – odds books for the last going on two years the Heisman Trophy winner and look was he great this year he was really good he certainly took a step back here's what's going on though you've heard the comparisons to Patrick Mahomes and there's always going to be comparisons to the greatest and most of the time we just shake our heads we're like that's corny how many times was there comparisons to Michael Jordan before we stopped doing that well I think that some general manager either is in love with him right now, or like Trista said, by the time the draft actually comes around, we'll fall in love with him and decide, we'll give you everything. We will trade the farm if you'll give us that pick so we can draft Caleb Williams. So just because somebody has had the chance to fall in love with him for so long over the last couple of years, I think he ends up being the number one pick. Could Panics go number two? If he goes out there and has a lot of stank on that ball tomorrow night or, or next week wins a national championship? A million. Absolutely. He's great. All right, we got time for one more tale on a Tuesday. Jim Harbaugh will be the highest sought-after coach during the upcoming offseason. And they have this per one hypothetical. So there's the hypothetical, hey, where do you think he could wind up? Harbaugh to be the Chargers' next head coach, Trista. At plus 375, check out this list. Belichick, 4-1. to one. Ben Johnson, the Detroit OC, who's gotten a lot of buzz and a lot of burn, 5-1. to one. Frank Smith, who's calling plays for McDaniel, Miami, he's 650. Kellen Moore, who's already there, 8-1. to Bienemy, who has not had a pretty showing in Washington, 12-1. to And even Ryan Day is on this hypothetical. But back to the huh? original, tell me a tale on a Tuesday. Harbaugh will be the highest sought-after coach this offseason. Ah, uh, I mean, it's the reverse inverse of what happened with with Michael Penix. You know, maybe if they really have a showing and he looks like he doesn't want to stay around at Michigan, he'll be sought after. But the most sought after, do I want Harbaugh more than I want Ben Johnson or Lou Anarumo? I don't think I do. I don't think there's any scenario where I want him more than I want some of these coordinators who are already in the NFL and in that ecosystem. I'm sorry, but are you guys familiar with the current interim Chargers head name or head coach's name? This is Giff Smith we're talking about here. Giff. Put a little respect on that man's name. Giff or Giff? Giff? No, no, no. No, you sound like my grandmother now. It is, rest in peace, Bubby. It is Giff. G-I, that's why his mom and I gave him two Fs. It is Giff. Giff Smith. And I'm not saying that I know anything about him, where he came from, how he earned his job, if he deserves it. 
His name is Giff Smith. It feels like maybe you give it a shot. Uh, Harbaugh is definitely going to be sought after this offseason, and it feels like there's a few NFL teams that would be willing to break the bank for him. Like Trista said, I don't think that Chicago is now one of those teams. They're, Chicago's best move is just to stay pat. And we'll talk about this a little bit going forward. If I'm Chicago, keep my coach, keep my quarterback, trade that number one overall pick, and build around Justin Fields, right? Go out there and get a Malik Neighbors and a Marvin Harrison Jr., and now see what old boy can do. Anyway, again, two hours in the book, two more coming up. On the other side, it is a Tuesday, which means it is Contender Tuesday. We talk NBA. Is Trista swiping left or right? Can these teams actually be champions? Who's she super swiping? We find out next right here. BetQL Network. It is BetMGM tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL. 